Live from the summit in Scottsdale, Arizona, the core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Jay Fletch and John By. Today's topic, how to increase conversion with the perfect follow-up plan. Okay. All right, so we are live. Uh, so we are live, and we're going to get started. If you're in the right class, this is conversion. So follow-up and conversion. Really, really, really important, right? So let's just make sure everybody gets up close to the room. You know, last time I was up here, these lights, I like blacked out on my whole speech. Nice. I only remember what Rick said when I'm on the stage and Rick said after the stage. So I get the privilege of teaching this class and the honor to do it with John Biden. And John was, John was my first site visit. John was on a call with me. And we've been, you know, we've been pretty good friends. It's actually kind of a funny call. You know, you got two of us, two of the three became coaches. Mm-hmm. We weren't coaches at the time. Um, John was always really, really well-dressed. And now I got the privilege of coaching him. And yesterday, watching him teach the class, I'm sitting over in that table there, and I'm watching John, and I couldn't be, man, I couldn't be more proud of you. Um, I think you are the perfect example of a realtor business in the core you lead by example. You've got one of the best-run businesses. And weekends like this, or week days like this, I'm honored that I get to take a little bit of your business and make mine a little bit better. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's an honor to coach with you. Thanks. It's an honor to coach you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I, I did not. I thought he was going to tell a really funny story. So oh, I, maybe after. I, I knew where. I thought you were going a totally different direction. So. Um, so if you don't know, we have an amazing uh, leader, Kendra, right? It's just a rock star. And Jay and I, um, I think behind the scenes, we're actually kind of battling each other. Always. Always. How many dragons did you steal from me? I mean, one. Yes. Plenty. So, but there's, we love what we do here at the core. And I, having Jay as my coach this semester, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. But every week, every off-week call, I'm getting like new stuff, new tips, new tactics, but more than anything, I love that you know so much about me and I truly know that you care by the way that we interact, the conversations about not just business, but life. And man, I love living life with you more than I love working side by side with you. So no matter where we go in life and in business, I'm so grateful to be your friend. So I appreciate it. When you told me when you told me about your daughter, and then you tell me yeah, I keep it a secret, and I'm like, for how long? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, can I tell anyone? That was tough. No, that was, yeah, so this is, this is an honor. So lead, lead conversion. Lead conversion, let's talk about it. Follow-up. Where do you start? What do you start with? Oh, man. So we all work off of five forms, right? So let's start with the most basic form. Open up your book, and let's talk about the lead tracker, right? This is 211. 211. So, in order to follow up, you must know who to follow up with, right? So, on a scale, well, let's just see here. Right now, who still needs to get better with tightening up their lead tracker? It's okay. You can be honest, right? Thank you for raising your hand. It's amazing, everybody in this room, how high level each and every one of you are, and some of you are still writing them down and losing them. Jordan, you don't do that anymore, do you? No. Okay, good. So you got to write it down. And the best way to do this is, number one, got to keep it with you. 
I know there's all this technology, fancy tools, but you should have your greatness tracker and your lead tracker and your calendar with you all the time. There should never ever be an excuse why you don't know the lead, where it came from, and who they are, what their number is, all that. It should be with you all the time. How many don't keep it with them? The greatest thing you oh, you gotta be kidding me. So what do you do? You put it on a post-it note? A piece of paper? Back of the McDonald's wrapper? You text it in? Okay, who else, what else does we do if we don't keep it with you? Okay. But let, let's say you're driving, I mean, let's say you're driving and lead comes to your cell phone versus into the office. How, how do you handle that? You pull over, write down some information? But do you keep them on you during the day? Yeah. I, I would challenge everybody that doesn't keep it on you yeah. during the day, you're probably losing leads. So remember what Rick challenged us? Like, this is probably six months ago. The end of the day, 30 minutes of prospecting time. So you're like, well, who do I call? Well, if you had your lead tracker with you, you just open it up, Frisco, and you just start calling. You just call a couple of them. I'm not asking you to, like, change your whole schedule up. But the thing is that we're going to talk about how many times you have to connect with people before you get a commitment with them. So we got to make it super, super easy. And I know for me personally, when I'm writing down the names, I am terrible with names. Like, I'm the worst. I love having badges. I wish everybody wore badges in life. I would be the master. So, but like for me, if I write it down once, and then I call them a bunch and I'm looking at it, for me, it just makes me just that much better in my conversation. So, yes, you can put it on the internet and you can look at it on the screen, but I guarantee you, if you write it down, you will be better. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just, the objective today. The objective today is to come back and take away five to seven. You really only need one to three, but we're going to give you so many, is to take five to seven techniques, tactics, ideals, items that you can increase your lead conversion to basically move it, move the needle from a 20% to 25%. 25% to a 35%. That, would, that should be, as we did goal setting, and you're looking at number of units you're going to do a month, that should be one thing you're looking at. Increasing your lead conversion. So whatever percentage you're at now, write it down. Uh, if your pen's not moving, you're not following directions. Write it down. What percentage do you want to get that to? Write down the percentage you want to get it to. Here's the big question. Buy when? Mm -hmm. Buy when? Let's be very specific. I'm at 20%. I want to get to 25%. By January 31st, 2022. Or what not. So, on conversion, first and foremost, I think we forget that we are a sales organization. So, uh, we went over this with a lot of my students, and I've had, all, I have, I've had my students ask my team what their three jobs are. Guess what every one of my team members say is their first job? Lead generation. You've had me as a coach. Lead generation. That's everybody's job on the team. 
from the janitor to the CEO to your transaction coordinator to the person that washes the windows for you. Everybody's job is lead generation. Because without the lead, without the lead, you can't do any of the tactics. You can have the greatest secret sauce in the world. You can have the magic bullet. You can have a wand. You can't do anything if you don't have the lead. So everybody's job is lead conversion and lead generation right off the bat. If your team does not believe leads are gold, you have to start reinforcing that right away. Every lead has to be treated as gold. And you have to be that serious about it. You got to be that serious about it. In my team, when we do a team meeting or we're doing an offsite thing or we're doing something in the sense where we're, we're talking about lead generation, we're talking about sales, I'll be very, very clear. The difference between getting a lead and converting a lead is the difference between bonuses, celebrations, paper clips. I mean, you'll come to me and ask for a new stapler if we haven't gotten leads. Okay? This runs the business, right? You've got to be that serious. They've got to know that leads are gold. Because guess what they're doing? They're doing the same thing you're doing. You are playing God. And you're qualifying them or you're judging them before they even get to the intake form. Before they ever get to your lead tracker. You're going, oh, I know that person. Oh, this one's probably got an agent. Oh, that one. And that's happening all the time. So leads are gold. Leads are gold, and you've got to be very serious about it because it runs the company. they got to know that the more leads you bring in, the more leads you convert, the more things you can do for them. The more things you can do for them. 401K, profit sharing, gifts, all of that. So that's, that's the start of it. So, John, do you want to go over how many times you've got to contact somebody to get a 1% conversion? To get a 1% conversion? Just 1%. Get 1%. How many times do you think it is? To get a 1% conversion. Like, yeah. I don't know, never? Once? It's not even, it's not even one time. You know the average, you know what the average, the average call for a realtor? It's .67. So by answering your phone and calling back once, you are ahead of the competition already. That's the average realtor. They don't even call someone back one time. So to have an 80% likelihood, how many times do you have to follow up with it to have an 80% or greater? 5 to 12. So let's start there. If you're, not, if you're not touching and following up with every one of your leads at least five times, that's number one. That's your first step. You get it the five times. You get it the five times. How does yours look? So the one thing is, I want to make sure, too, that you have to realize that you also need to call the person. I know that there's a lot of people in this room that are doing some maybe just passing it off and letting some other people make some calls, you need to be involved, especially at the front end of it. So the biggest part is, for us, it's you have to commit to the number of times you're calling. So you know how they have the form, going back to the form, the basics, you know, a little box over there that says calls, and then you put like little checks. I just promise you, the more checks you get, the more circles you put when they become hot. 
So you're wondering, you're like, gosh darn it, why am I not getting any leads right now? Why is nobody converting? Look at your lead tracker. I can guarantee you, you're just not calling them enough. And also, too, you can't just pay attention to the lead tracker that's like this month or last month. What happened to the lead tracker that you did three years ago? What are you doing with that lead tracker? Selling it? Okay, so, but they're, yeah, so now you're calling them back, though. If you already sold them something three years ago, have you been paying attention to it? Have you called them back? Maybe it's time to make a move. But the challenge there is that we're, when it gets slow, we're like, we need more, 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 new, 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 but you don't realize all the conversations that you had had over the last three, four, five, six, seven years. All those people would love to talk to you again. They probably don't even remember your name, so it will be a cold call again, Sean, but that's okay. Just call them again, right? You already got the name and number, dude. Like, people love to talk to you. Call them back. So I think the form itself, we don't even, it's so simple and so basic, but we want the new, the fresh, and we don't go back. But you know what you did when you called them two years ago? You made a promise to them that you were going to follow up. So make good on your promise and call them back. Don't forget about them. So, for us, that's a huge piece. You work with the core lender, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you ever give your lender your old lead trackers and have them call? So, I don't give them to my lender, but what I do with all of us as our sales team together, we swap. You swap? We swap. Swap the lead tracker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how, how many you got all your, I mean, you probably got all your lead trackers from doing homework that you can easily print, right? How far do you go back? couple months or two years? What's your process look like that? I mean, are, do you, you do that on Wednesdays and you go back last month, this Wednesday, next month? How, how far are you going back and how often are you doing it? How far are you going back and how often? If I've made the promise to call back, I'm going back long, like forever. It's like seven years. Like I'll be talking to people, I'll have conversations. I've been talking to people for years trying to get them to do something. You know, it's like, yep, this is like the 20th conversation we've been talking for the last five years. You ready yet? They're like, nah, I'm still farting around. Okay, I'll call you in another four months, right? And then on your current lead tracker for this month, when are you calling those people back? When are you doing it? As, as soon as I can. Okay, and then when's the second call? It, well, it depends. If I don't get them, like later that day or the next morning. Okay, when's the third call? Hmm. Like four or five days. Are you doing other, any other touches in between? Text, video, okay, all sorts of stuff. So walk me through a lead that came in this week. Mm -hmm. Walk me through the next three weeks. So a lead comes in, like just for instance, right now, even, yes, I'm here, we still get leads, right? So everyone smile tonight, probably should make a call. Make sure you close the lead for the next step, right? So the biggest thing for me, call, connection, close for the face-to-face, -face, okay. right? is the goal. Before the face-to-face -face comes, personal note, video, thanking them for the opportunity to connect with them, right? After you meet with them, then you're talking next steps on what the action plans are. You get them on the path, you follow up weekly until they list her, list her by. So you're closing for an appointment. You're not trying to sell them a home. No. You're not trying to get a listing. You're closing an appointment. That's it. So you're, that's just, you're just trying to get some John time. Yeah, get your face in there. 100%. Okay. How powerful is that? Close for the appointment. 
Fools for the appointment. I think Dayton said it best once where he said, he said, look, he says, you can't get down unless you first delivered chocolates and flowers and took them on a date. Same thing with, same thing with conversion, right? You can't go right into it. You've got, you've got to get the date. You've got to send the flowers. You've got to do the chocolates. So, so those touches are important. So on ours, a lot of ours is very similar. We, so we have, if you look at page, if you look at page, uh, it'd be 212. It says 12 step, but it, it, if you can see on the, the diagram, it can be as many steps as we want. So what I look at is, I want every lead to come in to get at least five to seven phone call or video from me. And then I like to have seven to 20 additional touches over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Now those additional touches can be our evidence success. Yes, we stock them. We look up their address. Now, it's kind of tough when it's like a, a John Smith. You know, so when we're doing that follow-up phone call and we have a very common name, I have to ask some questions to get some more information so my RP1 can find them. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask questions like, oh, are you near, or, or, what street are you on and whatnot? So we can get that. A lot of times just ask them what their address is. We'd like to send them a follow-up, just a follow-up piece of literature. So we like to send a evidence success. We like to send our recent direct mail EDDM farming piece because we do a lot of incentives on those. We also like to send them an article. We, so we use a lot of articles. You know, we find articles. We put them on a piece of paper. We have them printed. We have them ready. We like to send an article. Again, the most powerful way to influence a lead is over the phone until you get in front of them, and then it's powerful to be in front of them. So ideally, you want to get in front of them. So we do phone to try to get in front of them. Until we get in front of them, we do phone, and then we also do direct mail. We do mail. We do visit. If we've got their address, a lot of times we'll drop off a a gift. But we want to do a lot of touches, a lot of touches. The half hour that Rick asked us to do, who's not doing that? Reason for not doing that. You want to change your business today? Start it. I'm telling you that alone, you'll convert more leads instantly. Like that's not something that takes time to show up on your pay log. That shows up now. If you start doing that half hour at the end of the day, taking leads, hot leads, old leads, and if you want to make it even stronger, invite your team members to watch you do it. Because here's what will happen when they watch you do it you will actually make the call. And then you will be better because you don't want them to see how bad you suck. <laughs> I'm serious. If, if it's the same for me, I'm way better when someone's watching me than I am when I'm doing it myself because we shortcut things. We, we're thinking about what we got going on tonight. We're trying to get off the phone. We're prejudging them. We don't ask all the questions. We don't do the follow-up questions. So when I get somebody on the phone, a lead, what's going through my mind is, what is my objective with this conversation? My objective is to get a face-to-face appointment. Then I'm going, how do I get there? And so I get there by leading the conversation. So who controls the conversation? John? 
I do. How do you control the conversation? You ask questions. Ask questions. Ask a question, and then guess what you do afterwards? You shut up, and you listen. And you're listening for something in the question that you can repeat back in another question. It would be like this. John, how's Hope feeling? She's feeling pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. So she's, she's at home, obviously. Mm-hmm. So family been coming over? A little bit. A little bit? How do you feel about that? Eh. Your family or her family? Her family. Mother-in-law? Uh, small kids. Okay. That are not mine. Did you, um, you get her a room downstairs yet? Because no. she's going to be probably spend a lot of time there. Yes. Have you ever thought about getting a bigger house? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should get together soon, like real soon. Yeah. But, I mean, so you, you take a little bit of piece of information and you weave it back in. And the more you talk to the lead, the more you go from one call to two call to three call to four call, the more information you're going to have to weave back in there. How does it go for you? So I want to add I want one thing, and this is the biggest part about when we're making calls, especially to leads. You've got to have a goal for the call. I feel like a lot of us, we just pick up the phone and we just wing it. But I guarantee you, if you make the call and your goal is to move them down the road or to get face-to-face or get in front of them, that's what you will think. Those are the questions you will ask and you will get there. But way too often, we make the calls and we just start blabbing. And we just think us making the call is enough to move the needle. It's not. Because if you don't have a good conversation, and we talk about call to action like on, our le- and on, on all of our pieces, you have to work in call to actions in your telephone calls. But you actually have to say them. So you've got to think about it differently. Jeremy, yes. Um, two questions. Okay. Um, of course. Uh, the first one is we're focusing on lead tracking. Oh, hold on. How's coming? He's got that mic. Should just leave that one with Jeremy. Yeah. Um, so on the for the lead tracker, just to go one step back real quick on uh, your process. Um, do you have a defined process as a realtor? Uh, team lead where it's like, hey, we meet every week and we review month-to-date lead tracker and previous month, and then every quarter do you go back 90 days, and then every six months do you go back a year, once a year do you go back three? Like, is there a system around how you're following up on leads that haven't converted yet, and what does that look like for you? So I'll jump in just real quick with mine. The biggest thing for me is that it's, so I'm challenging you all to look at your old lead trackers because you made these promises to follow up with people. So the biggest thing is you got to utilize your calendar. Yes, the printed one that you all have every single day. So you put in an appointment for your actual follow-up. If it's long-term, on your Wednesday call, call block, right? That's when we're supposed to be calling leads. So if I need to call Jeremy in six months, he says he wants to list, I call him in three months. And in three months, it's going to say, call Jeremy. He wanted to sell in six months, but you're calling him in three months. And here's his number. So for me, that's where it goes for the long, longer process ones. But every day in our morning meeting, 
we talk about how many leads we got yesterday, and also if there's gifts that need to be involved to honor the referral partner. At every single morning, every team meeting, we talk about how many leads we got yesterday and who do we need to honor for the lead. Love that. And, and Jeremy, on mine, very similar. The lead tracker that's on me is the one that you see in the book. I write on pen on that one. It's on me at all times. I always have the previous month on me as well printed. And so any of the leads I get during the day, I write it on there. And then throughout the day, I'll text them or I'll tell Lori to get a hold of them, get them on my calendar. But I start it on mine. And then at the end of the day, I drop it off or I scan it in or I take a picture of it. And then they type it up. And the next morning, we're talking about every lead in, the, in our team meeting. Love that. Go so, through it. so great tactics. So always carry with you not only month to date, but previous month. I keep the previous month for me. Great tactic. Yep. Love it. Um, second question is, can you give just a couple of examples of some common call to actions uh, for your calls to make it easier for people to, okay, I'm going to make a list here, and then that way when I know I'm calling, I can pick one of these call to actions, like when you're calling yep. your leads? So biggest call to action I have my lead is, so I'm looking for, I'm looking for obviously rapport. I'm looking for a need. I'm looking for a, some pain, like what I did with John. I'm thinking if you've got a mother-in-law, it's going to be spending a lot of time in your house real soon here. That may be a great thing. That may not be a great thing. So I'm looking for something where I can build upon, and, and then my call to action would be like, we should probably talk. Probably the biggest call to action I've done recently, it's knowing today my daughter called me, uh, but over the last 65 days, the biggest call to action we had is if that lead's thinking about selling, we've been saying, hey, whether you're thinking about getting on the market now or in the spring, I think we should do pictures right now. We should do pictures right now because you know we might still have snow in May and June because it's been like that sometimes here. And so, so that's one of the call to action. I'm also, I'm just, I'm looking for, I'm looking for an in. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes I can get to that in really quickly. I mean, Rick's probably the master at it. And sometimes I'm like going, holy cow, I've gone down this road. I've gone, you ever picture a little amazed with a mouse? It's like, I, got, I went down here and I got dead end. I went down here and I ran into a wall. And I just keep going and going. And sometimes I can't get through that maze on the first call. And so then I try to, on the second call or the third call, I try to pick back up where I left off and know that's a dead end. Let's go this way. And, and so my call of action is going to be tailored to what I can find out, what I can find out. And, and then I'm trying to give them, I'm trying to give them market data. I'm trying to give them what they can expect in the market, what they can see in the market. I'm trying to find what their fear is because in that way I've established, I've established knowledge and credibility because other people may not be, other people may be just like, oh, you know, a lot of realtors are Pop-Tarts. They get a phone call. And they don't ask any questions, like they don't ask do they got any money. They don't ask if they're, you know, nothing. They go, oh, you want to see, you want to see that house on 123 Knee Street? Boom, I'll be right there. And they pop tart, like they're out of the oven, boom, gone, right? Then they get there and the people show up with their agent. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's what a lot of it there. Call to action for you? Yeah, so I think the call to action too, it doesn't always necessarily need to be for a commitment. So that's a big piece of it too, is like when we talk about all the steps to conversion to getting to the to the end, right, to the to the target, there's a cool little map that we're gonna show you in a little while. The um get them in relationship with you somehow. The, this is the so this is so bad. 
But, and I know you've probably all been here, so I, I hope I'm not the only person. When you start having conversations with the lead, and we do lots of events, and we do lots of cool stuff, but you didn't put them in your database properly, you didn't put them on your emails, and you're having all these kick butt events, and they're seeing on social media, they're seeing all this stuff, and they didn't get an invite. We've all been there, okay? So the call to action when you're calling them, if they're just not ready, well, let's come out and hang out with us. Like, we got this cool event coming on next week. I know you're not ready, but I'd love for you to meet the team. Like, it'd be so cool just to hang out with you for a little while. Um, we do all this stuff all the time, so you're going to get all these requests and you're going to see stuff. Feel free to come out. But we talked about the, all the gold. There, it's gold along the way, but it's all in the follow-up. It's 8 to 10 times, 15 times, 20 times. So you yeah. don't know if it's going to go quick or if it's going to take time. A lot of you didn't write that down. We do the same thing, and as you've been saying it, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's why we do it. So we probably do eight live events every year. And the reason why we do so many events, not because I like to write checks or see a bunch of people, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the big events. Here's why we do it. It's an easy invite. So if all else fails, and I can't think of a single thing to say to the lead, I say, hey, you got kids? You want to come to breakfast with Santa Claus? You know, or that's our, one of our next events. Or, hey, we have, our, we have our Thanksgiving pie. You know, we want to stop in and get it. It's, it's a three and a half pound pie, 14 inches. It's pretty nice. You can stop in and pick it up or I can drop it off. So we're, we're always doing events that we can ask for because it's, it's kind of the, for me, it's, it's, and you probably don't have any fear, but for me, I have some fear when I'm talking to people and I'm not always on the ball. So if I'm not on the ball, I need a layup. Like, I need a layup. And my layup is, hey, we have a movie event coming up. Hey, we have cornhole tournament come up. Hey, breakfast with Santa Claus. Because the other thing about it is, it will remind you now to go back, and we talked about that stocking. You know, so if, you, if, so if you've got a marketing person, my marketing person spends one hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on social media for my clients, finding out what's going on in their life, if I got to make a phone call, or if I got to send a gift, or if I got to send flowers, which I prefer not to do on some occasions. Uh, and then she spends an hour on Wednesday stalking the leads that come in, inviting them to our event page, inviting them to like our page, inviting them to be a friend on our page. You know how it's powerful? One of the things I love about the core. One thing I love about the core is if we just watch what Brit and Brit's team does and we look at it and we say, how can we do that in our business? You will blow up. Think of it. We have, what, 500 members here? And we have how many guests? 130. 130. So what's that? Four to one, roughly? Doing math? Jeremy, four to one, roughly? Okay, think about it this way. You do an event... And you have 200 of your past clients there. Past clients. They already know you, like you, trust you, right? Would every member in yours speak highly of the core? So you do your past client event. You've got 200 people in your past client event. They're all past clients. They know you, like you, trust you. And you invite 25 guests. They don't know you that well. A lot of these guests here, they don't know us that well. 
They're learning us, right? They're engaging with us. They're asking questions. Guess what your guests will do with your past clients at your event? Rick is probably the best, one of the best salespeople I ever see. And if you want to have some fun, count how many times he closes today in the afternoon. Oh, he did lower the bar close. He did the fear-based close. He did the takeaway close. He did the Goldilocks close. I mean, you just start counting these closes. It blows me away. But here's the reality of it. You've closed these guests already. You've closed them. Let your past clients close your guests if you invite them to an event. That's why I love the events. It's a layup if you get them there. If you get them there. Somebody talks highly about John. I mean, I even went and did a workout with Phil. And I'm at the workout with Phil, and he's lapping me. And everybody in his little workout group there is like, oh, are you moving into town? You know Phil's a great realtor. I'm like, I know he's a realtor. He invited me here. It's like, just because I can't keep up with them doesn't mean I need everybody to tell me to use them for my realtor. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on. But. So that page John was talking about, it's, I think it's 213, treasure map. So you can get an opportunity in your group to go on a little treasure hunt. And why a treasure map? I know it looks like it's elementary, right? Okay. My daughter did it, so if you criticize it, we're going to have fighting words. So that's her little contribution, because she was so excited she got to come last summit and here. Treasure map. What do we talk? What are leads? Gold. Leads are gold. What's usually at the end of a treasure map? The gold. A lot of gold, right? So on your opportunity that you have with your table, you have seven different... You have seven different spots on that treasure map. Okay? These seven could be different touch points. It could be a call from John. It could be a video from John. It could be send the OS, add them to an events page. It could be put them on our letter of the heart. That's what they could be. They could be touch points. These could also be questions that you may ask on a regular basis when you're on the phone with the lead. Like in the listening presentation class just before here, I was telling people, I have about 10 to 12, 10 to 12 things I say every time. And you, 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 everybody would say, it's a script. It was a script when I started. You understand that people get feared about scripts. Because you think a script is this. You think the script is, let John talk first, turn page. Okay. John, okay. You think that's a script. Here's what a script is. A script is something you take and you work it, 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 until it becomes your own. Now, there'll be similar words in there, but until it becomes your own, it's not powerful. So you have, maybe it's seven different things you're going to ask every time. Maybe it's, maybe it's the dream book. Maybe it's what, what they want to see in their next property. I thought that was powerful when Rick was talking about it, and I can't remember, I think it was at the, at the core site visit, and he points out the window and he goes, every one of those cars, they all got to buy a house. He's like, you shouldn't have any problem with any leads. It's converting. Everyone's got to buy a house. How's got to buy a house? Right? Yes. Yes. So if, if you can talk about what's your next house look like. What's your dream house look like? Those are fun conversations to have with even a lead. Because you get them thinking. So that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. If they're thinking about buying, I'm, I'm, a lot of times I'm going... What's that look like? Now, is that, is that now or is that in the future? Like, what do you need now? What do you think you want in the future? Or if they're thinking about selling, it's like, what, why did you buy the house that you bought? 
You, just, you, you get them talking. And you control the conversation by taking a question. And one of the key things is, when you're asked the question, you respond with the question. But weave something in, so you answer it, weave something in, ask another question. And you keep the conversation moving. Oh, yeah. we got one from Oh, yeah, Frank. Frank's got a question. Well, actually, it was, I was going to add that it was a lot earlier, but it still is relevant. So you mentioned getting information from the lead, you know, phone number, address, et cetera, you know, stalking them a little bit. One service that we've found a lot of uh, benefit from is, if you're not using it, is Forewarn. Spelled like Foreplay, but it's Forewarn. And this one, you can use phone number or address uh, or name to search them. It gives you all of their contact information, their last 12 phone numbers, their last 12 houses, wow. their criminal background check tells you if they're, if they're a serial killer, don't show them the house. Um, we use it as a safety feature for our, our showing agents so that we're not sending somebody into the fire with somebody that hasn't been vetted yet. And it's a promise that I make to the spouses of my showing agents that I'm not going to send them off without this. And it's a requirement for our client, our staff to meet with somebody off-site that this forewarn has to happen first. And it saved us a ton of time, and it costs like 25 bucks a year. Yeah, and, and, I mean, that's, I mean, I would write that down. That's great. I mean, that's, you know, I've got, uh, I've got one of my, one of my, one of my um, RP1s was like, oh, I'm really good at looking people up. Like, she goes, yeah, I had some difficult relationships. Uh, so, yeah, so let's, let's write down a few things on this because, again, the faster you get to the gold, the better it is. And, and, and you'll be able to chance to kind of come up with some few things on there, and then we'll, you'll kind of go around the table, and who do you want to start in the table? Yeah. The one with the least amount of hair. But we're going to give you a couple minutes. Yeah, so. a couple minutes. Yep. So write down your ideas. Start writing your treasure map. So, again, these could be... These could be tactics you're going to add. These could be, these could be touches. These could be touches. Like we get a seller lead, we drop off a gift. That's one of the touches. We send a pre-listing pack. That's a touch. They get a personal call from me. That's a touch. They get a video of me. That's a touch. They get a video of my team. That's a touch. They get a handwritten thank you note. That's a touch. There's seven right there. So in my, my selling process, they have seven touches before I ever come out to the appointment. Increases in conversion ratio. All right, come on back. I'm just going to ask a couple of people because we got a pretty big room here, so we're not going to ask every table. We got lots of good stuff. So, Kimberly. What's one thing on your, what's, the, what's the, be, the first thing that you wrote on your map, the best thing? The first thing that I wrote on my map is to call the clients. But one of the things we, I was going to share is when it's a listing appointment, we show up with flowers. Mm. Nice. I never show up to a house without a gift. And I always say, we don't show up to your house without a gift. If I were your dinner guest, I'd bring wine or flowers. So these are for you. Okay. And John, it's, I want, it's, I want to it's a point, that. It's a point of demonstrating first-class exceptional real estate services to you as a client. Absolutely. And, and I think of, Rick said something today that was so powerful. He said, do more of the things more often, and he said more time or longer, right? More of the things more often, more, more longer, okay? Here's the beauty behind it. You need to start closing 
sooner. So that's an obligation close. Bringing a gift to them creates an obligation close. You need to start closing way sooner in the process. Yeah, my, our, our, my initial step is the call. And in today's world, it's a pretty good chance that they don't answer. So leave a voicemail as well as I then do send them a video text. Awesome, yeah. So that way I can put a face to the name, they feel comfortable, and more times than not, I either get a video text back or a call, and then the following day I'll make another call. And if I have their address, then I'll even put a note in the mail. Nice. The thing, too, when we first start these interactions, we don't know how they want to be communicated with. In our appointment, we always ask, what do you like? Phone, text, email. But at first, we just got to go with what we got to go with. So you got to kind of hit them from all areas. Mike? So we were concentrating on the listing itself and the intake form. Yes. was top of the top of the order for us. I love it. Intake form, very crucial. I love the flowers as the gift. I don't, uh, what we do is we always we send flowers prior to coming, um, so that's um, that's how we do it. But I absolutely agree. If you're going to go meet with somebody, bring them something. It's a home run. It's the best when you're like you're like this is the coolest plant ever, and it's like sitting there and in their like in their kitchen already. It's awesome. We got one more. Are we good? Okay. All right. So as we talk about converting, right? A big part of this is casting the vision. So a lot of the times our clients don't know, or soon to be clients, don't know what to expect. So we talk about a call to action, and when you're on the phone or on the email, like how do you leave it with them? Like you gotta cast, like this is where we were, this is where we're at, this is where we're going. So at the end of that conversation, you have to make that promise on what's next. If you tell them you're gonna call them in two weeks, like you better have it to the day and to the time if you can do it, to where you're going to call them back. And you got to tell them, as promised when we spoke last, I'm calling you again. Every commitment that you give to them, everything you say you're going to do, you're promising it to them that you're going to get it done. So utilize that word. There is a ton of power in saying promise. And here's a huge part of it. Get your team to start using it. In the emails, like you got to change their vocabulary. Tuesday updates, they start, as promised, here's your update for the week, right? As promised, I told you when the inspection came in, we're going to let you know right away. We just got it five minutes ago, here's where we're at. As promised, I was going to follow up on that utility bill, here's the outcome. As promised, at the beginning when we met first, we were going to ask you for some referrals, I'm asking now, right? Utilize it to your advantage. Because every communication, everything we do, every contact, right, on the treasure map, all that we're doing is we're building rapport. We're trying to build a solid foundation to our relationship because guess what? One time, you're going to forget to call them. Sometime through the transaction, you're going to mess up. And I love in Gavin's class yesterday, he was talking about, please don't fire me, just write me up. Right? I thought that was great. I hope I never have to tell that to a client, but sometimes I wish my lender partners would tell me that. It would just make me feel better. Because we all mess up. But the challenge is if you haven't put enough blocks into the foundation, it's going to crumble. So you got to give them all the proper expectations. You got to give them tons of updates so you can make sure that you're converting them at a higher level and faster, hopefully. So I, I love that. Please don't fire me, just write me up. Write me up. I love that. Because yeah. you're assuming the close. You're assuming they're going to hire you. It's like, I don't want to get fired before I even get hired. 
you know, in the sense there, uh, bank accounts, right? And not, not to try to relate a client to a bank account, but I think it's a very easy, relatable thing for all of us. Do you like deposits or withdrawals in your bank account? Deposits. Deposits, right? Guess what your clients like? Deposits as well. It's kind of uniform, right? So take a look at this and look at every lead as you're opening up a relationship, not a transaction. If we, if we consider that lead as a transaction, we will not be as successful unless we consider we're opening up a relationship. Now, again, I quote Rick a lot because the stuff he says is just simple, true, good, and right, all of it, right? Rick says this, he loves conflict. He loves conflict because in a relationship, if you have conflict, one or two things is going to happen. You're either going to improve the relationship, write me up, don't fire me, improve the relationship, or you're going to end the relationship. So Rick told me about five years ago when I was talking about relationships, he goes, you got two choices, either fix it or end it. And I go, what about, no, fix it or end it. It's that simple, fix it or end it. Conflict, improve or end. Is it good that you end a relationship with some of your clients or customers or leads? Yes, because they're going to burn your time up anyways, and you should be working with the ones that are going to work with you, right? So go back to the bank account. What John's saying is so powerful. If you promise them a sign in the ground within three to four days, and the sign shows up on day one, what'd you just make? A deposit. If it shows up on day eight, what'd you just make? Withdrawal. A withdrawal. Here's the problem. We don't know how much money is in that relationship bank. That sign might have just put you overdraft. And when you get overdraft, you don't get written up. You get another fine, and they close the account. None of you have never, you guys have never been negative? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm just like, I'm like, I, I'm talking to my banker. I'm like, what do you mean you close the account? She's like, it's had a negative balance for 30 days. I'm like, so you close the account? I'm like, so, yeah, so everything you do, everything you do is either a deposit or a withdrawal with that client, with that relationship from start to finish, from start to finish. And you don't know how big of it is. I had one client, I'll tell this story because it's, it's embarrassing to say it. I've had one client where it seems like you do everything right and they call and complain about everything. It's like, I got my best photographer on it, and they're not happy. I got signed in the ground, and they're not happy. And, and what happened is, it was something really simple in the beginning. They thought the sign was going to be out there in the first day. We didn't tell them it's going to be four days. They didn't like where they marked the ground. So from that point on, everything else we did, I mean, I'm telling you, it was lights out. Like, lights out. We even apologized. We gifted. We closed it. It was lights out. But the fact that something so simple is a sign, they never, it was just, it was doomed from the beginning. On the other side, I had another client. I called them. We followed up. We did a Tuesday update call. We're going through the process. And about 18 days into the process, client loves us. Zuri referred us. And he calls up and he goes, Jay, why do you think we haven't had a showing yet? I'm like, that's a good question. So I go to my team. Why do you think we haven't had a showing yet? Because they obviously know the answer better than I do. She's like, Jay, we haven't even put that one on the MLS yet. 
We're doing Tuesday up-dog calls, and it's not even on the MLS. I called and apologized. The client's like, oh, no big deal. We had a lot of deposits in that account. That would have been a ground for firing if it was my agent. If you hired me and you, you put, be, you'd be fired. But we had a really good relationship long before that, so I had a lot of deposits in there, right? That's what I love about the follow-up and doing what you say you're going to do. That's what I love about it. And, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations like the treasure map, and, and we talk about conversion. It's not just like converting and getting the initial lead. It's like really like once you get the lead, how do you get them to the finish line? And I think when we get the clients and we get the opportunities, and we think once they're in the passenger seat in the car with us and we're showing homes, like it's already as good as done. No. Like you've got to remember it's not over till it's over. At any moment, this can completely change, right? It's like you get you, all the right stuff. And then for whatever reason, you do one thing wrong, they're just gone. So you have to remember that it's through the process you have to elevate. You have to deliver plus one over and over and over again. And that's not really hard because you know our competition, okay? So just do what you say you're going to do, fulfill your promises, show up big every time, and hold their hand all the way to the end. But don't let them go, okay? You just got to keep them with you the whole time. A couple things that helped me through the process and on the phone, is using the, so we, we train, we have the disk profile basically up in front of everybody's computers, right? Just a simple version of it. But I train all of my staff, and it's a fun training, and we do it probably, I'd like to say once a month, but it's probably gotten once every six weeks now. Um, Zootopia. Anybody seen Zootopia? Okay. Yeah, I've got a 12-year-old, so some of these things. We got Disney Plus. So anyways, Zootopia, in Zootopia, there's a fox, there's a bunny, and there's a sloth. Okay? And, and they're, at, they're at the DMV. Anybody watch it? Remember that part? Okay, there's a three-minute clip you can grab off YouTube, and you can watch it with your team, and that will help them disprofile clients and customers very fast. The sloth is really slow, the bunny is impatient, the fox is sitting there thinking this is all funny. Reminds me of Mike Wood. Every time I see it, I'm like, that's Mike. He's just kind of poked the bear guy. Anyways, but that's good. But here's what Manesh taught me when I taught a disc class with him like six years ago. He says, you can do, he goes, you can probably be about 70 to 80% right with this profile in 30 seconds. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how he, what he taught. He goes, look at this. He goes, if they talk fast and you like them, I go, oh, so like you, Manesh. He goes, what is it? High I. If they talk fast and you don't like them, D. That's why we warm up the Rick a little bit later, right? <laughs> so I love about Rick. It's like, I, I, the, the, Rick's like medicine. I don't like the taste of it a lot of times, but I know it's for my own good. I know it's for my own good. If they talk slow and you like them, what are they? If they talk slow and you don't like them, what are they? If they move fast and you like them, if they move slow and you like them, that's a quick way to gauge it really fast. And you're gonna, are you going to be right 100% of the time? No. But you're going to be pretty close most of the time. And then you can tailor your conversation. And you should learn some of the key things that go with those different profiles, and your team should too. You should tell it. The other thing is mirroring and modeling. Anybody heard about mirroring and modeling? Mm -hmm. So if they, 
if they use words like see, saw, I want to go look at it. Those are visual words, right? So you should respond back by saying the same thing. If they use words like feel, felt, you should use words that are associated with that. If they talk fast, you want to talk a little bit faster. If they talk slow, you want to talk a little bit slower. These are things you can do to get rapport faster. These are things you can do to make sure that they're going to be with you. Because people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And the other very powerful words are, they want to do business with people that are me too. Like, this person's a lot like me. Me too. So those are some things I keep in mind in our conversation. Another thing, if you've never done this, if you have never, ever done this, you should do it Monday when you get back to your team. Buy mirrors. I like ones that match, so everybody's got the same matching mirror. But buy mirrors for every one of your staff people, little ones, and put it next to their phone. Buy a mirror for your office and put it next to your phone. And when you're talking to them, look in the mirror. Am I smiling? Am I upset? Because whatever facial expression you have, it's showing up in the conversation. Mm -hmm. It is showing up in the conversation. That alone, that alone will change the conversations of your staff and yourself. So I'm literally sitting, I'll pick up the phone and I'll be like, yeah, it's changed. I mean, I, I, I mean you got to do it. And you mean your staff, it really, really, really works and it helps. No, you don't probably have to do it forever, but you do it until you start getting really good at it. You do the mirroring and modeling until you start getting really good at it. These are just some techniques and some tactics you can teach your staff and yourself, and it's going to show up in it's going to show up in your leads and your conversion. One thing on the mirror matching. So it's great to identify the words, but the best part, like we get into some like really challenging, like gut wrenching conversations sometimes, right? Like where it's a little intimidating. And usually there's fear around it and everything. And it's usually because a client's frustrated. So instead of being like this, just get next to them. And if they're mad and they're cussing and screaming and getting all fired up, then you're just like, absolutely, this is ridiculous. I'm so mad and you're getting frustrated and you're pounding your feet and you got to get even more fired up than them. And now you're like, now you're running down the road together, right? Not butting heads against each other because ultimately at the end of the day, you want to be right next to them. I always tell them I'm, I'm the co-pilot on this journey. I'm not driving, but I'm sure not going to let you run off the road, right? So, and if somebody cuts us off, we're going to get fired up and we're going to scream at them and yell at them together because, you know, they're trying to blow us up. But the thing is that we always try to go in there and solve problems and calm them down, but sometimes the best way to calm folks down is just to get fired up with them for a little while. And then they'll start to, and then you can figure out a plan. So I think the emotional piece is huge, but here's the thing. You've got to remember, too, as we talk about conversion, your teams are such a huge part of our conversion. So Jay's talking about smiling. I'm, I'm like this all the time. Yeah. Like, I've got to be crazy. I've got to be larger than life because I know if I show up, and I learned this from Ben, like, you just got to get wild. Like, the more wild you are, they're only going to get as wild, 80% as wild as us. So I'm like 80% of Rick, and my team's 80% of me, and their kids are probably 80% of them. So it's like it just goes down. So the crazier and wild you are, the better it's going to be. So when you go into your team meeting and you're late, or you're showing up and you're running in fast, you're like, all right, what do we got to do today? Da, 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 da. You're like, then see you later. They're like, what the heck was that? And then you're mad or you're fired up because you maybe didn't eat in the morning or whatever. 
This is how your team is going to react. And guess what? They're the directors of first impressions. So if you come in there and you're the wreck, guess what? They're all a wreck. Then your clients call in and they want to work with you and they're showing up like a wreck. It, it just, it's this trickle-down effect. You have no idea how impactful you are, positively and negatively. They see it on your face. So whatever you've got to do when you're coming into the office, you've got to splash some water on your face or you've got a mantra or whatever you've got to do, you have to do it. Because I guarantee you, if you show up big to your team, we've talked about this all week, the last couple of days, if you pour into them, they will pour into our clients, which will help us help more people. Our number one client is our team. So if you work these with them, they're going to do so much better. So much better. And yes, it is emotionally draining to smile all day and jump around like a crazy frickin' fox. I would love to have more, as much energy as Mike, but i got to fake it more. He's just natural at it. But here's the deal. I leave it all on the line every day. And I go home and I sleep super good. Because I can't go anymore. I'm done. Right? I don't have any worry about that. Because I know that I gave it my all to my team, so my team give it to the clients, and so that we can earn that opportunity as well to work with more great people just like them. So we can stop paying for ad leads, which we don't buy ad leads, but we did a long time ago. But all these things, by the way that we show up and the way that we help convert our current clients, we're setting the stage. So when somebody refers you, they know what the expectation is. They're like, man, Ryan's team knocks it out of the park every time. Why would I not refer him? Like over and over and over again. And you need to train the team on some of the same stuff, too, and more than once. Like, what was it said? Train twice as much as you think you need to. Twice as a minute. Josh, did Josh knock it out of the park or what? Yeah. Holy cow. Best I've ever seen him. And so many tactics. Uh, so some of the things I train the team on are some of the very things. I like the very difficult calls, and I like my team hearing me take them. I like an upset, uh, upset lead, an upset client. Same thing, because I, I like those ones. So I'm going to have you write down five words. The first two, the first two is what I teach my team all the words all the time, is the words understand and appreciate. So client calls up, or lead calls up, and you have to defuse a bomb very quickly. I had one recently where they drove 27 hours from Florida all the way up to Wisconsin to look at a house because they saw it on Zillow. And it was sold. But Zillow didn't say it was sold. So I got the phone call while they're sitting outside the house. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to show you one very similar to that, which we'll have available in about four months. Um, but that one is sold. She's like, well, you misrepresented it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the first thing I say is, look, I understand. Like, I agree. I would be uh, very upset if I drove 27 hours without sleeping and left really warm weather for snow on the ground and the house is sold. Like, I would be upset. So, first two words are understand and appreciate. So, you can use them in either order. Man, I appreciate where you're coming from. I appreciate, I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate how you're feeling about this. I understand. I would be that way too. Like, so a lot of times it's, man, I understand what you're feeling. I appreciate it because I would feel the same thing. So what you just did is you just got on their side. Now you're with them. Like, you got, you're both upset. And you blame somebody else, the market or Zillow. You know, but you're on their side now, right? 
Because what they're expecting you to do is what? Get defensive, put up your gloves, and go, okay, you want to go to town? Let's go, right? That's what they're expecting you to do. So I understand and appreciate. The next three words are super powerful for moving a lead and a conversation. By the way, John, they all know this. You don't. I think I've drank out of every bottle of water. So I just... just okay. okay. So this is really powerful for moving them. I'm just like looking and going, I'm thinking about this. We can all right. So anyways, these three words can move them in the right direction. Feel, felt, found. Super powerful. Feel, felt, found. And it goes like this. I understand how you feel. What do we just do? We're on their side again. I understand how you feel. I've had other clients. I've had other prospects. I've had other people. I've had other people, whatever you want to go. I've had others feel the same way. So, I understand how you feel. I've others felt the same way. Sorry, felt. Feel, felt, found. I've had others felt the same way. So now, they're feeling like, okay, we're not alone. Because they're thinking they're alone. They're thinking they're the only people that's ever felt this ever before. It's like, ever before, right? So, I understand how you feel. I've had other clients felt the same way. What I have found is they went, ba da 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 so, so, in the case where they drove all the way up, I understand, I appreciate, I'm on the same team with you, so I understand how you feel. I would have felt the same way if I just drove 27 hours with my wife and my little dog from 80 degree weather to snow on the ground. But what I've found is, now that you're in town, this product line that we have, this house that we have, tends to have a demographic that is out of town for all winter, and most of your competition isn't going to come back until April or May anyways. So this might be an opportunity for you to lock up the next one, go back down to Florida, I will send you pictures as we finish it out, and then when you come back up when it's really nice out, you can just move in. And you know what? Let me see what we can do. And that's, that's kind of... So I, 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 I've, I've learned that the more often I say I'm sorry, the more I get paid. The more often I fight, the more often I fight, the more often I, the more often I try to be defensive, the less I get paid. Yeah. You feel the same? Absolutely. 100%. Same. One thing um, I want to talk a little bit about is how we get not just our team involved, but our referral partners involved. So bring it all the way back to the beginning of the conversation on Lead Tracker, okay? When you put like the PCR next to that, you should put like the past client who actually referred the person. Very important. Like that's how we honor the referral partner. So then did you retrace it? I think that's what Stacy does. She retraces it back. Yeah, she the, she does the little the breadcrumbs or she has like breadcrumbs. Yeah, the breadcrumbs, which is super fun. That's a, another way to. There's all sorts of cool stuff. So that's one thing you can do. But what I wanted to get with that is that a lot of the times, for myself, and I know a lot of you in this room, have done a really, really good job at building business-to-business referrals. So you're getting referrals from attorneys, lenders, CPAs, financial advisors, right? And like, hopefully in droves. So what happens is that person trusted the referral partner enough to send them to us. So sometimes 
if things are getting shaky or getting awkward or weird or like you don't know like what's going on because you don't know this person probably as much as the referral source, right? Call them and ask them. Like, Matt, I'm having a really hard time with this guy, Jay Fletch. Like, he seems like so nice and so genuine, but for whatever reason, like, we just keep hanging out and the guy won't buy anything. Like, what's going on? Is there, there's something, am I missing something? Do I need to do something? Like, I'm not really sure. Like, we really enjoy each other, but I just can't get to that next step. Can you give me some insight? And he's like, yeah, dude. Jay doesn't make the decisions. His little daughter does. So just ask her if she wants to buy it, and then you're in. Like, okay, I'm just asking the wrong person. Yeah, and that goes to the all about you form. Yeah. You go about the all about you form. And love language, I mean, teach your team love language. You work on love language. There's ways you can try to determine what people's love languages are by what they say and do. But, like, receiving gifts is the lowest on my mm -hmm. love language. Of the five, it's my lowest. And quality time is my highest. So when you look at, when you look at, a site visit for me. You, you can send me all the gifts in the world. Site visit's way more powerful because I get to spend time with you. That's my love language, right? That's why I like to fly out to North Carolina, you know, it, because it's, it's the time, right? So the All About You form is one of your best tactics, one of your best tools for increasing your conversion. The faster, the faster you can get that filled out, whether... That might, be a, that might be one of the questions you ask to try to knock off one of those, knock off one of those items on there. Like, okay, you know, it's, you just throw it all the blue. Like, John, what's your favorite candy? Mm -hmm. Skittles. Really? Yeah. Is it because you're a Seattle fan? No. Marshawn? It was way before Marshawn, dude. Like, Skittles. Come on. I'm serious. Okay. That's like, yeah, so, I mean, you get that now. And then, like Rick said, like Rick said earlier, if you're a lender, you should be providing your realtors with a cooler, with cooler and water and snacks of what the client's going to want when you go out and take them a look at homes. And I'm just sitting there saying that, and he's, he's, he's basically telling all the lenders, this, this, is I'm sitting there going, why aren't we doing it? Yeah. Like, like, why are, why, that, and, why and, and the thing that blew my mind away is, I got like 50 coolers in my office because we use it as a gift when they move into their new home. We fill the cooler up with like paper towels, batteries, wipes, candy bars and water and with stuff like that. And I'm going, why don't we do that for the showings and, and get the all about you? So you get the all about you form. It's so powerful. It is so powerful. It can get you in trouble when you don't follow it. Like send a bear rug to the core headquarters. Okay? That's not good. Britt will send it back to you the next day. And then Rick's got to say, Mama said no. Yes. Use all about you for me. How, how do you introduce it? Well, that's the thing. So today, I'm like, Rick was blowing us up in our morning meeting, talking about the three mandatory forms, right? The wealth accumulator, the all about you, and the we need your help. And there is only like five people, this guy being one of them, of course, that does them all every time. So I'm like, dude, I'm doing a pretty good job of this. Like, I feel like I'm like... I get two from, you know, two of the three here, two of the three here, but I'm never really good at getting all of them or doing all of them. So I'm like, I'm going to make this really, really easy. So this is what I want everybody to do in this room, is you're going to go back home and you're going to print off a bunch of those forms, well, one of your team members is going to, and you're going to make little packets of, that have one of each of it in there, and you're going to staple them. And what's going to happen is every single appointment that you go on, that's going to be the first thing that you talk about. Because what I end up doing is I get in there and I start talking. 
and building rapport and doing all this stuff, and then I'm all the way at the end and I gotta go and I don't have enough time to give to even talk about this stuff like it should. So, and the thing too is that you don't have to get like super in the weeds. Like we were doing this yesterday, you can do it in three minutes. It's like doing your new elevator pitch. It doesn't have to be crazy. It needs to be you, right? This can't be a script on how you do it. You have to, here's the three things you need to talk about. Figure out a way to talk about them that you're comfortable talking about them. And just do it every single time. But the great part is if you once, like, work on the all about you and just get a couple things if you can weave them in. And then the first time you take them out, you just have the cooler with the two drinks and the two snacks. Like, it is so simple. So Diana Dingman has sent me some amazing clients. And when they came into town, it's so silly, because I'm like, oh, man, these are great clients. They're coming from California. i got to impress them. And so, like, we make this whole cooler bag and everything, and we're cruising together, and they've got all the kids, and we're in the van, and I'm driving the rental car, showing them around town. And they're just, like, over the moon. They, like, had this little snack thing for them. And I'm like, why am I not? How do I not do this every time? Like, this is so silly. More of the things, more often, and do it longer. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, it's so simple. Yeah. So we, so we have, um, we have, we, we have probably five, eight minutes left here. Yeah. Uh, Want to open up for questions? If there's some questions, by all means, raise your hand. We'll take all the questions. Um, anything on that? On all the way across, McCormick's got one. Okay. And before we get started on the questions, so I want to just remember it. You got a QR code, okay, to rate the class. So. I want to make sure everybody in the class participates and rates the class. So if you don't think that Jay crushed it or if I crushed it, ask us a question and we'll make sure we crush it for you, okay? My question is, I, I put these forms in front of my people all of the time, mm -hmm. and I, could, I always get the All About You form completed without any trouble, and when it comes to We Need Your Help, I never get it completed. And so when I'm at my listing appointment, I'll say, I've got a few forms I need you to fill out. I'm going to be filling out some forms for you. So you've got a little homework as I'm asking questions. If you can fill them both out, I'd really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All about you form always, always gets done. The We need your help. They put their own name in there. Sometimes they'll leave a blank. And it's like, okay, it looks like you haven't filled this out. So any suggestions with that? Yeah, you know who's the best at getting all the We need your help form? Rick, watch today. You have them fill it out in front of you right there. Watch. I mean, he basically doesn't give them another choice. But the other thing that's helped me, because I don't get it right away first time, I build up to it. So I'm like one of those little gnats that just keeps flying by and, you, and it's like, and finally you go, you know what, I'll fill it out because I'm sick of getting buzzed by, right? So on my listing appointments, I send the We Need Your Help form in the pre-listing packet. It is in my listing packet. Mm -hmm. I bring another copy of it. And when I'm talking to them, I basically tell them, look, I've got two jobs here today. My first job is to sell your home for the most amount of money with the best experience and smooth process. If I do that, my second job is to make sure my team is not going to be on the soup line anytime soon. And that is I would need a referral from you in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Now, the good part about it is you may think it's awkward for me to ask for a referral right now, but I'll tell you how it works. Here's how it works. The referral you send me might lead me to another referral and another referral as long as I continue to ask for them that eventually buys your house 
for 25, 30 grand more than what these houses are even should be worth right now. But otherwise, if you don't want to do that, what's going to happen is, then I got to start spending all my time looking for my next, I got to spend all my time looking for my next client. And when I'm looking for my next client, guess what I'm not doing? I'm no longer focusing on selling your home. But I, so I bring it up multiple times. That's gold. Right there, that I'm not focusing on the stuff, like I'm not focusing on selling your house. Like, so if you just help me out and give me one or two people, then I'm just going to keep pounding the, phone, pounding the phones, trying to find you, negotiating harder on your behalf, calling more agents that are showing it, right? People will do things more for someone else than they'll ever do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, that's why I say my team needs it. I don't want to let any one of the seven people off. Not one of them. I don't want to lay any of my team off. My team needs it. Or we need it to keep asking for it because it's going to sell your house. So that, that's, what, that's one of the way we use it all the time. Um, yeah. How? Yeah. Matt? Uh, since you were my past coach last semester and you're my current coach, you guys both know, I have yet to crack, or our team has yet to crack, double digits on conversion. It's been pathetic. We've been at 7%, and we finally got to 8 We've been at nine now for two semesters. These are going in the right direction. Well, yeah, okay. But uh, <laughs> when, I, when I hear the core, Jay, isn't the core average 23%? Isn't that what I heard the number was? I think uh, it depends conversion. if you're looking at just warm leads or you're looking at total leads. Okay. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people in the core that are 40, 50% on warm, and there's a lot of people that are shooting for 20% on total. So it depends on how you're breaking those leads out. Okay. Well, you, you guys, I picked up a couple things here today. I just want to make sure I can articulate it back. And that is, even though we have the theme days, we put a lot of emphasis on lead day on Wednesdays, right? We mm-hmm. do what we're supposed to do most in all of the day. But what I'm finding out with you, both of you, what's, what I'm picking up is that the fact that you're carrying, with this, well, you're carrying this lead calls in, in the process throughout the week, and you're going back one past month. So is it fair to say, if I understand it right, that the, and on the lead tracker, whether it's five times or seven times on your follow-up, it, is, it should be a part of our morning call every single day. So if Thursdays, if, we're, if I'm giving the team the scripts on what we're talking about for past clients this week and what's going on, I should always have like that extra 10 minutes to say, and now the lead part and go back through the week. Is that fair? Because we all know it's a running part. And that somehow we have just, we just get lost with that. Where if you ask me about the lead from last Tuesday after maybe three or four calls, oh yeah, and what is their name again? I mean, so somehow, somehow our system gets broken halfway through it because we're bringing in about 40 leads. I think, John, you're about the same, right? About 40 leads a month? Yeah, so the biggest piece, so, yes, you absolutely have to talk about it every day. Yeah. So... It's like stepping on the scale. Like, if you want to lose weight, step on the scale every day. You want more leads, talk about them every day. So, and it doesn't have to be super in-depth, but for you, you just need to call two or three a day. Like, at the end of the day. Just the the best ones, the ones you haven't talked to, the ones that your, you know, some other teammates can't convert on. Just give them a quick call. Touch base. You can close the circle because, you know what, you're trying to close the circle for them, not for you. Who, and then last question is, who of the coaches, who's the best one at conversion? Conversion? Who, who has the best numbers for conversion? Thanks. I'm not sure. Well, Rick's the uh, lead conversion. Ask Ben. Ben's, Ben's pretty high. No. I'll tell you who it is. This is very clear. It's Rick Ruby. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, outside Rick, though. Period. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end, you are a sales organization. Yeah. Right? 
I mean, you could have the best process in the world, but if you have nobody to serve, how long are you going to keep your staff? So, I mean, I like to do things when, and we constantly talk about what you focus on grows, right? So I was telling them at the meeting with, with me and Ben were having a conversation, and we were talking about stick it to the boss Saturday. So this is really fun. It's a Saturday. It's a weekend. They're all off, right? Okay? I'll send a text out being, you guys, we had so many leads this month, it's stick it to the boss Saturday. Like, you, we, we get 25 leads this month, or this week, or this day, and so it's a, we did these leads, let's stick it to the boss. Here's what stick it to the boss looks like. You have $200 or $250, go somewhere, spend $250 on Saturday. When you come in the office on Monday, show me the receipt, and I'll reimburse you up to $250 on anything you spent on Saturday. Stick it to the boss Saturday, because we did 10 leads this week. Things like that, you've got to reinforce it. The reason the treasure map is there. It's a visual for you. And if you're not, like, one of, the, one of the, remember one of the first things, one of the first things I had you work on when you said we need to increase our conversion. What did I tell you to do? Remember? I told you to go down and get, what's your average, what's your average commission? So I told you to go down and get a five-ounce gold bar and bring it into your team meeting Remember that? Now, I've told you to do it. You haven't done it. It's fine. I have literally got, I have literally got a five-ounce gold bar and brought it into my team meeting and said, that right there is our average commission. Every lead that comes in is potentially one of those, and everything that comes from that lead is multiple of this. You know what that represents? That represents that raise from zero to 10% in one year when you ask for it. You know what that represents? That represents the new coffee maker. That, represent, that represents Dunkin' Donut coffee or caribou. That's why you should show them. That represents your 401k. That represents your bonus. That represents more food in the fridge. I mean, instead of doing ham, now we might be able to do, we might be able to do like roast beef. We can get off the chicken finally. Wouldn't that be great? That's what we do. We make it very visual. Yeah. So... We're all done. We're all wrapped done. up. If you have questions, come find us. We'll be out up here hanging out for a little bit. Remember, don't forget to rate the class. Oh, and John's got to get a higher score this class than he did with Phil. Yes, absolutely. But thank you, everybody, for coming, Jay. You've been listening to the Coors Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacourtraining.com.